his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Yep, I sure can. Just tweeting out the space at the moment, so just give me a second. No worries, no worries. And of course, when I uh, hit that no music button, I can't turn it back on. I still haven't worked out how to turn the music back on on Twitter Spaces yet. That's okay. Let me just spam this link out one more time on one of these Discord channels and we are good to go. Quite late in uh, Australia, right? You're in Australia, right? 11 p.m. Yeah, it's quite late there, right? 
This is normal. <laughs> this is normal. If, I, if I'm not awake and doing Twitter spaces or launching YouTube videos at this time, then no one's going to see what I'm doing or hear what I'm doing. So this time right now is a perfect uh, intersection between the European time zone and the American time zone. So the U.S. is just waking up. It's late afternoon in Europe, um, uh, African time zones, and some people are still awake in Australia. So it, it kind of works. Now's good. Okay, okay. That's good. That's good. All right. We're How are you? Some... How, was your Easter... How was your Easter break? It was. It was good. It was good. Uh, I've got a little uh, four-year-old, so I spent a lot of time uh, entertaining her, going to yeah, theme nice. parks, uh, Easter egg hunts, you know, all those nice, things. Nice. Nice. And yourself? Yeah, I was in uh, Poland with the wife, uh, with the, the in-laws, um, and uh, basically celebrating Easter Easter there. Ah, very nice. Yeah, yeah, you're, back in, uh, you're back in Norway now, is, is that right? Yeah, yeah, back in Norway now. Uh, just arrived yesterday, so yeah, back to work. <laughs> All right. We've got some more people joining us. So for those people that are just joining, we are going through IGON, decentralized storage. We're looking at the roadmap and everything else around the project at the moment. So we're just warming up the space and getting some more people in. Uh, it is this, this is a recorded space as well, and I will be editing and publishing this on the Spotify uh, channel. So you'll be able to listen to this again on the audio podcast. If uh, you're not yet subscribed, I highly recommend that you check it out. Now, I'm also still catching up on all the YouTube videos that I'm trying to get out as well. Now, I have finally have edited all the videos from 2022, uh, and now I'm going through all these recordings that I did earlier this year, and I think I'm up to February now, so I'm still playing catch-up. It's now April. I'm just uh, just two months behind, so that's not too bad, but um, you know, I'm still trying to get all the news and everything out for everyone as well. So if you're still uh, uh, hanging in for, um, uh, or if you had done one of those previous uh, video interviews with me. Um, just hang on. I'm almost there. Sometimes these uh, live Twitter spaces are just easier. There's no editing. I can just get them published and go through. It's a lot quicker and a lot easier. So, Navjeet, let's get started with this space. Sure, sure. All right. Um, so... It's awesome to have you and uh, have you on this Twitter space and actually talk about Igon again. It's been a little while since I've looked into the project. I've been staking my uh, um, ADA tokens in that Genius Yield pool in, to earn some of those Igon tokens, and I've got them. I'm holding on to them. I don't know what to do next, and I would love to get a, an update about the project. Well, probably first off, get a little overview of the Igon as well because I'm, I'm pretty sure some people have not heard of it that are listening on to this space or this uh, podcast interview at the moment. So first, can we get a little overview about what Igon is and what on earth have you guys been up to lately? Sure, sure. Uh, so general overview of Igon basically is uh, it's a decentralized version of a simple way of putting it. We actually tweeted out today. It's an Airbnb for storage and compute. Uh, so we have resource providers uh, that are uh, providing their storage space or compute, and we have end users that require storage or compute uh, for various different reasons. Um, we want to basically, our vision for Igon at the end is basically to uh, have um, 
all the services provided for any projects uh, that come in and the infrastructure are laid out and easy to use interface. Um, so storage is, is the infrastructure layer, but there's many services built around the storage uh, that hopefully we get adoption uh, for. Uh, and one of the invoicing apps that we are releasing is kind of catering to that, allowing projects to kind of uh, showcase uh, transparency in the token economics and also use uh, kind of for daily invoicing and, and payments where they can track um, their payments and easily kind of organize their uh, payments, ins and outs uh, for accounting, which is kind of tough uh, for crypto projects and also very tough for, for traditional space to understand um, how uh, to to calculate the expenses, how to calculate the income. Um, and, and we're trying to make it much, much easier for the traditional space, not just for invoicing, but generally speaking for other uh, use cases as well. Um, and, and what we're looking right now in the next uh, couple of weeks, we're going to be releasing our liquidity uh, reward program. We're working with uh, Wing Riders and Minspop. Um, so basically, the liquidity pro 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 reward program is going to incentivize uh, people that are uh, staking uh, IG uh, ADA um, pair longer and with a larger amount. Uh, ours is different from other liquidity pro programs where they kind of giving out rewards right away. Uh, we're going to be managing the rewards uh, uh, after a certain period, after liquidity program's over, and we're going to be distributing it over a certain time, which will be 12 months. Uh, we just don't want too much uh, rewards uh, dumping on the market for current investors. We want to make sure we plan out that uh, it's incentivizing for all parties involved. Uh, that's why we took a different route than uh, most projects in terms of the liquidity program. It's not a linear um, but more of a curved uh, reward system. That is a very interesting approach. I didn't know that was even possible on uh, Wing Riders and MinSwap to get that um, put into their platforms. So I'm, I'm assuming no, it's not. It's, it's, it's <laughs> not. Uh, oh, you're managing yourself in, and distributing yourself afterwards. Uh, yeah, no, it's not. Uh, it's it, we're going to be distributing ourselves after, but uh, we're going to be working with Wing Riders and Minswap uh, to make sure that these variables that we're taking in account for, like how long you stake your IG ADA pair, uh, how much you stake, and and things like that, we're taking these variables and and uh, giving kind of uh, loyalty bonuses for people that are participating in all facets. Uh, which is also including our uh, uh, new concept. We're calling it LSPO. It's a liquidity staking pool offering. All uh, Most of the rewards there, 85% of the rewards there, uh, ADA rewards will go back into the uh, liquidity pools, basically. So uh, we will be purchasing IG tokens uh, off the market and 40, uh, and 50% will be allocated in uh, ADA uh, we'll go back to the MinSwap and uh, and Wing Riders liquidity pools. So it's a kind of a concept where you can also provide delegate uh, delegate ADA to the LSPO uh, and uh, thereby also gaining uh, loyalty rewards uh, from this liquidity reward program. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so it's an ev evolution of um, uh, an ISPO with uh, your own pool there as well. So that's... Uh... Uh, and an interesting mechanism. So, okay. So a lot of people um, do have the um, IAG tokens at the moment. I know I've got them um, uh, in my wallet as well. So at the moment, uh, what's the timeline for all this? So we can know 
when we can actually stake um, our tokens for this. Yeah, so for the liquidity report, report program, we're starting on uh, April 21st. Um, and uh, that's kind of the uh, date that we've uh, planned, unless something changes. But uh, that's uh, the date uh, that you can provide, uh, you stake basically your LP for IHE ADA on Mintswap and Windwires. Okay, cool. Great. I'll make sure um, that's uh, in the show notes for everyone to be aware of. Now, you spoke about uh, uh, something a little bit early before, and I did cover this in uh, the latest uh, ADA News, Kadana News Roundup last week. And this is around that uh, multi-transaction invoicing app that we were just talking a little bit about earlier. Um, now, I'm trying to understand how and where I would actually use this. I, I understand the multi-sending aspect where I, I can send like multiple people um, uh, ADA or assets in one transaction, but can you explain a little bit more about how that um, all works? Yeah, sure. Uh, so we're just trying to make it easier for uh, payments like bulk transfers on Cardano. It's uh, not very popular. There was a, a protocol out there that uh, provided block transfers, but you couldn't connect your wallet and do so. Uh, so we're just trying to make it for easier, especially for projects where they're kind of making bulk transactions uh, at a time so they can kind of uh, reduce their uh, time and also cost in terms of sending multiple transactions at one time. So what we're trying to do here is not, you won't be able to just send with, with the video of Cardano, you can send multiple tokens as well. You don't, it doesn't have to be specifically one token. So you can send, for example, uh, right now it's limited to 30 transfers. So uh, basically you can send like 15 transactions of IG, 15 transactions of ADA, or you can even divide it even further. Um, basically what, this app is intended for is uh, recurring payments for projects. So eventually what's what's going to happen is uh, we're going to be building out a multi-sig that will something similar to a Genosis that is uh, available on different other chains uh, where you can, uh, as a project, create your own multi-sig uh, and uh, kind of build around the multi-sig, basically using payments, uh, organizing all your payments, you're invoicing everything together in one app. Uh, we're, this is building on top of the storage that we're uh, infrastructure layer that we're building on. We're tr pr uh, trying to provide a use case for users on storage because storage alone is obviously, obviously very boring. Uh, and not everyone's going to be storing files, so we're trying to build different use cases that will uh, uh, that people can use um, to to for for the storage, and they'll provide a subscription fee, uh, which will be the subscription fee will later uh, be also a provision of that or a part of that will be catered to IG stakers. So people that are staking IG will earn a revenue, a profit sharing revenue from, from the app as well. Right. Okay. Um, I get that now. And I can, I can see where I can possibly use this uh, myself as well with the, the bulk transactions. It's, it's kind of like anyone that wants to do a, an airdrop of a particular token instead of like going through everyone's individual address and doing one transaction at a time. You can do this um, uh, bulk, uh, and like you said, 30 at a time. Can, can you do it from an import from a CSV file or something uh, or, or something like that? Or do you have to um, yeah. poll and crew things on chain? Yeah, no, you can import it uh, like a CSV. It's uh, kind of like a generic uh, multi-sender app where you can, you know, upload your CSV as well. We're trying to also make it much more simpler than that. Um, 
uh, as well, like where you're inputting the data, because I know all the multi-tenders are a little bit complicated for, let's say, people that aren't uh, that focused because you have to separate it with commas and things like that. So it makes it very complicated. Again, we're focusing on ease of use. So trying to create some of that tradition, take some away from that, uh, take some from the traditional space and bring it to Web3 to make it simple and easy to use. Uh, so you can connect your wallet, all the tokens that are available to you, you can use them in bulk transfers, create reoccurring payments. Uh, that's one of the features that we'll be implementing later, but create reoccurring payments and approve them, uh, approve multiple transactions at a time, making it much easier for, for users to make payments. I can see that be used in your own platform when you have to pay out users that are providing um, uh, decentralized storage or CPU power. <laughs> so, uh, Correct. Uh, yeah, you'd have to pay them somehow and uh, automate that process and have bulk transfers um, to optimize yeah. all that will just make sense. Yeah, so it totally makes sense. Yeah. And you're making that available to everyone, so, which is awesome. Yeah, I mean, it just make it easier for everyone because we went through these problems. I think that Cardano is fairly uh, new at all these uh, new apps, and there's a lot of uh, problems that a lot of people are facing, a lot of projects are facing in terms of, uh, you know, available resources and how to solve certain certain uh, use cases. And so we're trying to make this uh, easy for future projects that that come into the Cardano sphere and then uh, try to build on top of it, making it easier for them to use the, these kind of use cases. Very, very cool tools indeed. Now, if anyone has any questions for Navjit here, um, please feel free to raise your hand. We do want to make this an interactive, interactive space. So if you want to learn our, our specific questions about Igon as well, if you had something burning that you really wanted answered, you can also join the stage and uh, get those questions answered. Just be aware that you will be recorded and uh, you will appear on the podcast as well. Now, I did have um, a couple of questions from the community uh, that I gathered a little bit earlier, and one of them was around the ERC-20 tokens and emerging from or the moving from uh, the uh, Ethereum blockchain over to Cardano. Uh, if anyone has those ERC-20 tokens, uh, what, what can they do with them now? Uh, yeah, I mean, right now they, they, we have a swap available for them. Uh, they can go on uh, claim.iagon.com and basically register uh, the Cardano address and uh, the equivalent uh, IG tokens on CNT will be airdropped to them. Uh, so the, the claim is based on a snapshot that we took uh, just before the uh, Nomad exploit. If you guys don't know about the Nomad exploit, basically it's uh, uh, there was a bridge uh, bridging uh, ERC-20 tokens to Cardano native tokens. Um, and we created a easy to use front end for that purpose, but um, unfortunately, Nomad uh, um, had an exploit, and a lot of projects were affected, including us. So we decided to uh, move 100% to Cardano, and uh, we used it. We're using this basically a uh, bridge to bridge them over manually right now. I was uh, so disappointed about that uh, bridge hack. It really seemed like there was that. Uh... Um, that opening from other ecosystems to move assets over and uh, you know but like yourself it was yourselves and several other projects uh, taking advantage of that but really unfortunate that that hack happened at that point in time and uh, kind of blocked <laughs> blocked all those assets from being able to move um, hopefully you guys weren't too affected from that um, I heard some of the other projects weren't uh, weren't badly affected at all 
Uh, we weren't too affected, but we were um, comparatively to other projects. Uh, there were some projects that were heavily affected by it. Uh, for example, Wing Riders as well, because uh, they had the stable assets. Uh, but uh, the, I think uh, we weren't so heavily affected compared to others. But still, it, it's it's a burden because we had the we had the bridge. It was a very nice solution. I think we got a positive community feedback from the bridge as well, and we were planning on expanding on it. You know, um, but uh, we had to kind of take it down because of the nomad act. Yeah. Uh, I'm very, very unfortunate. So from there, uh, what's next on your roadmap? We have this uh, awesome invoicing app. We have the liquidity rewards program that's coming up on the 21st of April. What else is on the uh, horizon for Igon? Um, yeah, so for Q3, uh, we're going to be planning the API for resource providers. So basically any any resource providers can jump on and provide their storage, uh, make it very simple and easy for them to allocate storage space. Uh, we're going to have our ambassador program launch as well uh, during that time. Uh, a lot is happening during the end of this year. So single asset staking, which uh, involves a shared revenue from the protocol, any fees that are collected from these use cases that we're creating uh, will also be allocated to this. So uh, the subscription manager, how it works, if uh, no one knows, it's a set fee basically for, for users that are using the platform or protocol and different use cases. And uh, we're taking uh, a commission off of that also uh, let's say, for example, an NFT project wants to uh, store their NFTs on, on Iagon, um, and they're paying a monthly, yearly, or, uh, for example, Arweave has a use case of you know permanent storage uh, stored for you know more than 150 years. So they're paying advance, um, but you're not paying in advance the resource providers right away. You're paying the platform. So uh, we are giving the the resource uh, providers fees monthly. Uh, majority of the fees are allocated through the resource providers, that, uh, but some of them aren't. For example, if they pay yearly and if they pay, for example, if they want to store forever, they're, they're paying in advance. So what we're doing with that extra stable coins is what we're going to be using. We're going to be working with Genius Yield on that as we're going to be uh, putting it in a yield protocol where we're earning extra yield. And that yield is also going back to uh, the resource providers and the IG stakers. So it's a unique mechanism, and we're trying to create a shared economy, like a circular economy here, uh, where everyone benefits. Um, and uh, eventually, this is going to uh, translate into a treasury and DAO when we feel that it's ready. That's going to be later down, but later down the road. But uh, that's going to be where where the community can decide on where this these funds will be allocated. Um, and uh, it, we're going to be doing our audit, uh, security audit and architectural audit also at the end of the year, beginning of next year. Uh, and we're, we're, we're already looking at audit firms uh, for that. Uh, and uh, in 2024, we're planning on having the GDPR compliance uh, tracker for en enterprise use. So governments are have, having a hard time tracking GDPR compliance, even though um, they have implemented this law. It's hard to track, especially against SMEs. So they can white label solution something that we're working on through our pilot in the traditional space uh, that we can track uh, compliance of each file in a live setting. Um, and uh, also decentralized compute, which we think that is easier than decentralized storage and in, in for at least the team thinks so. Um, so we're gonna be working on that next year. 
And then we'll also, uh, we're working on a repetitional model, which we presented slightly in, in uh, one of the catalyst proposals. Uh, we'll hopefully get more attention next time when the proposals are back. So we're going to be trying to, uh, you know, uh, present that uh, repetitional model again. Hopefully people will be interested in, in, in uh, supporting us there. Uh, user-based access, user role access for enterprise users, uh, and also data access for private users where they can allocate, they can choose to allocate which, which files they want to share. Um, and yeah, so a lot happening and there's a, you guys can have, uh, have a run through the roadmap, uh, through one of our blog posts. We'll also mention it as well, uh, after, after this Twitter space. I'll grab the link for it in the moment. I did have it uh, a second ago. I'll pin it to the top of this tweet and I'll also put it in the show notes when it goes up on Spotify so anyone can follow that roadmap. It's extensive. There is definitely a lot there and um, it's it's uh, a lot of really interesting things. I love how you guys are still uh, working with other ecosystem um, people building in the ecosystem such as Genius Yield to optimize those uh, excess payments that are going through the, um, the, the platform, the people that are paying on a yearly basis. Um, so that's that's really uh, good to hear and um, a really interesting way of uh, going about it. Now, we also have, uh, I think it's Carl from Holy Macaroni, uh, joined the stage as well. Uh, did you, do you ha uh, have a comment or a question? Oh, yes, sir. Thanks for having me up, Pete. Um, I got in. So and, and, and ahead of time, I have like three or four questions. So if I just am asking too much at any point, just tell me to hush. <laughs> Um, and also another disclaimer, just like Pete, you know, I, you know, I have like three jobs, so I haven't been able to follow Igon for a while. So if I ask something obvious, um, my apologies. Um, but I, I noticed on your site you are using, um, you know, you, you obviously mentioned encryption and encoding, and you also mentioned your own sharding algorithm. Are you following SCP, SCP standards or what um, encryption algorithms are you using? Uh, right now, the encryption hasn't been decided fully yet. We first uh, were focused on SHA-256, but uh, we are going to sway away from that. So uh, uh, the dev team is going to be deciding by, uh, I think, uh, mid-summer, so right before we release. And also, we're going to have that security audit and architectural audit before we decide on which route. But we have a few options that we're looking at. Okay. Um, not to Not to advertise or anything but if you need any anything around that i'm in cybersecurity, so you're welcome to ask me for any input if you need random input um awesome uh, yeah also uh, you mentioned gdpr compliance are you guys also considering other compliance or or controls out there as well like nist iso hipaa stuff or medical field things like that i mean yeah, I, yeah, I know that's sure. a lot to take on right away right but <laughs> No, no. I, um, GDPR is mentioned a lot because it's kind of the golden standard standard right now of data regulations. Um, it's one of the most stringent ones, uh, it, probably the most stringent one, actually. So a lot of that uh, communication happens around GDPR, but uh, we can be implemented in other regulations quite easily. Uh, so, so the other regulations will not be so hard to implement as GDPR. So once GDPR is implemented, which is basis of GDPR, obviously you probably know, but if for the people that don't know, uh, is that store uh, the files are not uh, transferred outside EU. So um, you know resource providers have to keep allocate the files inside EU. So that's one of the premises, and that's part of 
where the machine learning algorithm plays, uh, we're learning the behavior of each resource provider in terms of different variables, which includes, uh, you know, uh, location, uh, uh, performance, availability, different different kind of things that are important for the end user. So if the end user is in the EU and wants to be GDPR, obviously it's up to them. They have to be GDPR compliant if they're in EU, uh, but that's their prerogative. So they have to basically check mark GDPR compliance, and that will only allocate uh, shards or uh, parts of the files only to EU resource providers. Um, that also can be uh, kind of uh, uh, location-based. So for example, HIPAA, HIPAA compliance has their own private, for health healthcare institutions, they like to have their uh, data not on public clouds. Uh, some of them do still have them on public clouds for some reason, but they should be kind of more private uh, storage allocated or proved. So for example, for private healthcare, and and for public health care, what we can do is uh, kind of get uh, certifications from them specifically where uh, where they want to store their uh, data. So we we have a list for them, and they can approve which ones they want. Uh, so it, it can it can be further downgraded or modular uh, according to what they want and and their needs. Hope that answers your question. It does. I got yeah, appreciate that, and that maybe that's why um, Google's um, healthcare. Uh, endeavor years ago never really worked out um but yeah so um two more and i'm happy to shut up pete whenever you need me to <laughs> um but you uh i got you mentioned um or i think you actually answered this question right as i thought of it but i'll ask anyway to be sure but how does how does one go about spinning up their own igon node is it kind of like ipfs or but actually i think you answered it and it's going to be a public api yes correct it's going to be a public api Okay, cool. And the last thing, this might be a cool clip for Pete to have or something. I don't know, but um, like in, in a short version in 60 seconds or less, what might be the two or three or four bullet things you might say to something from a marketing perspective on what you do? I mean, I, I know oh, you've okay. been through it, but I thought that might be a cool thing to try. <laughs> okay. As in, uh, yeah, I mean, for, for us, uh, 60, 60 seconds or less. Okay. So we're a decentralized cloud, um, cloud platform that uh, that manages resources uh, through different variables. Uh, we're patented in terms of the technology. We're, we're uh, yeah, that's kind of hard. I haven't thought 60 seconds or less. I have a bunch of pitches that I've gone through, <laughs> but not put on the spot like that. But yes, uh, for decentralized cloud services, that's patented. I would say that's the shortest answer. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for giving that a go. Um, that, that's all I have for now. Thank you. Thanks, Carl. Thanks, Nibjit. Um, it, it's not easy doing a, a, a really short pitch. Uh, I did a three-minute pitch once, and I struggled so hard to fit everything into three minutes. So it's, it's, I find the shorter the time, the harder it is. Well, I did my uh, I did my cybersecurity intro video months ago um, for my YouTube channel, and it was a tw it was twenty eight minutes. <laughs> so yeah, I get nice, it. nice short every intro for everyone. Now, yeah, I mean, we that. have we have our short pitches on on our on our website, so it's like you know, we have these short kind of uh, intros, uh, you know, a reliable storage economy, shared storage economy, Igon bridging, decentralization with compliance for Web three. That's kind of the marketing term, but I'm not more of a marketing guy, I'm more from a business side. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, going back to one of um, the questions that we just had there, and that was around the API resources for um, providers, the, so they can start um, providing storage. 
Now, I know what an API is and I know how to use it, but is this going to also come with some sort of interface to allow people to interact with it? Or will it purely be for the builders and the people that, are, um, that can interact with an API themselves? Initially, uh, no, but uh, we plan on having a, a dashboard where you can uh, you know, uh, monitor your efficiency, your performance, and also um, uh, see the generic in terms of nodes other around the world as well. Uh, not specifically each node, but uh, the generic kind of a network explorer uh, that you would kind of see on, on, a, on a, a storage protocol. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm waiting for the point where it comes as easy as what you expect a Dropbox can provide, where I can just download something, uh, a little uh, install executable and allocate some space and hey, presto, there, there we go. Everything just works. Yeah, that's our goal. It's easy is easy is our uh, kind of one of the keywords that we go for easy to use, you know? So it's uh, we're definitely making it much, much easier for a generic public to kind of provide their storage. Right now, most of the storage protocol is very dev heavy, a lot of, people that are providing their, you know, storage or compute power, you have to have some kind of skill set in that field. Uh, we're trying to cater it to everyone that not just uh, those kind of, not just that audience. Okay. Now th there isn't any sort of uh, graphs or metrics where we can determine how much we could potentially be earning for the amount of space that we're providing yet. Is there? No, I mean, there will be in terms of how much you're, you're allocating and what your performance is, kind of the variables that we'll be, be monitoring uh, for each resource provider that will be visualized and also how many nodes there are uh, total uh, around the world. Okay. Uh, that was a question from one of the community members. So, Javier, I hope you're happy with that answer. Now, I've got some more questions here from that roadmap and everything that you just uh, talked about a little bit earlier. And this one's uh, around the ambassador program as well. So what are you expecting from your ambassadors? So when this launches later in the year, uh, what, what's the, your criteria for this? Um, yeah, so the ambassador program is going to be kind of uh, uh, really vast in terms of what we're expecting. <laughs> Hopefully the ambassadors are up for it. I know the initial ambassadors that we've been already in discussion with that aren't officially on board, but uh, they're kind of already shown their support uh, through private messages and things like that. So um, what we are expecting is kind of, you know, more marketing is a generic kind of aspect, but we're more look, looking for ambassadors that are also going to be uh, providing their storage and compute space uh, as well. And also at the same time, kind of helping grow the ecosystem and uh, provide value in different other ways. It be it on, on the dev side, be it on, on, on the marketing side, um, but mostly focused on growing the adoption of Iagon as a whole. Okay, brilliant. Now I've got more questions here, they keep going. Uh, you mentioned also your Catalyst proposal about uh, the repetition model, and I had no idea that you guys put in a proposal or what this repetition model is. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? And uh, hopefully when Project Catalyst kicks in again, um, more people are now more aware of it. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, so the repetition mo model is actually uh, quite unique in a sense that we're, um, what, what, what we're trying to achieve is kind of a mutable NFT, right? So uh, think about it as a CV uh, of your reputation. Um, so right now, uh, there's, if you're, if you're on Reddit, for example, 
um, you're earning some kind of, you know, karma or uh, you're earning some kind of uh, karma, right? Uh, on Reddit, but you're not able to take that karma and you're not able to take that on, for example, another platform like Quora, um, which has its own points, point system, right? Uh, so that's the problem where you have to start from scratch and kind of uh, come to a new platform and uh, uh, showcase your reputation. And the reputation, uh, the, how we got to the vision of this whole reputation vision as a whole is because of our uh, minor reputation model, which was kind of taking into account different variables like uh, performance, availability, things like that, uh, which are important for the end user. But different protocols have different important uh, factors that they might uh, think that are important to them. So uh, we're trying to create this immutable NFT where you're kind of showcasing your CV in different platforms, but all at once. So you're kind of uh, burning your kind of old NFT, minting a new one where you're kind of showcasing your portfolio, what you have done for the Cardano ecosystem without uh, having to kind of write everything about it. It's everything's on chain. Everything's kind of approved by the other protocol or not approved, I would say, just based on their metrics, right? Uh, so let's say if you have gained a reputation at Igon as a great uh, ambassador or a great uh, resource provider, you have great performance, great availability. These attributes will be contributed in the NFT. Uh, and I'm, I'm explaining it in a very simple term so everyone can understand. I'm not explaining from a dev side. Um, and then you're also uh, earning, let's say, some kind of reputation on a different platform, let's say Melt. And you're you're providing loans and you're, you're paying your loans back or you're uh, providing loans, good loans to other customers. Uh, these, this kind of reputation adds on. And you're creating that uh, mutable NFT where you're uh, improving your CV, and that's what the reputation models. You, you can use this in many different various. Uh, now you're going onto a new platform, and you want to provide or you want to assist this platform uh, and showcase your CV, basically. And you can basically showcase this NFT uh, and say that this is what I've done for different other protocols. You know, would you like to have me as an ambassador or, you know, I would like to participate in your protocol, things like that. And, uh, you know, protocols can incentivize these different uh, NFTs that have a higher reputation and things like that. So that's what the goal is in general. Very interesting model. Um, I haven't thought about that before, but yeah, it kind of makes sense when, when you build up all this uh, reputation off one particular platform, that platform may go down. You may want to actually transfer that somewhere else, put in all that time and effort into something. If you could, if you could move it somewhere else, uh, if that platform goes down, that'd be absolutely amazing. So um, I can see that uh, working uh, really well in that decentralized model. Um have you seen? Um, are you, I'm assuming it's it's something that you guys want to implement on Igon itself um, as as uh, uh, storage Correct. providers. Yeah, um, Correct. Could, have you seen somewhere else in the Cardano ecosystem where um, someone might want to actually use that? I think it'll be used. Uh, also, it can be used anywhere. I think it, it won't be just Cardano Pacific. I think this repetition model okay. can be catered to traditional space and and also. Uh, in, in many other spaces where people don't know each other, right? And and uh, most of the bank, uh, for example, bank loans are based on, you know, certain criteria, right? And it's not really based on you repetition as you as a person. So I think that uh, this is kind of a unique identifier where people can kind of trust someone uh, 
uh, in a trustless society where you can trust someone and know their repetition as a good, uh, good or bad repetition, whatever you want. Hope that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. And uh, a couple of platforms just come to mind now as well, like um, Fluid Tokens. Uh, they, they have uh, um, loan rep- uh, reputations uh, on there as well. So if, if someone's um, a, a good provider, then uh, their, their value goes up. So, uh, so a platform like that could um, use something like this as well. Very interesting indeed. Yeah, we'd, we'd like to obviously involve Cardano here in general, not just uh, do it on ourselves because uh, mm. it's a bigger scope than just the project. Uh, so I think it's important to get input uh, from the community and, and in this regard and in general Cardano as well, Cardano Foundation, uh, just to make sure that that's built in the right direction. Now, this is all like a, just a huge amount of development. Um, and, you know, I'm just trying to fathom how much this is costing you guys to, to build. Um, how big is the team? Um, first, first of all, how big is the team? And, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess that you do have the budget to keep on building this out. Um, but, uh, yeah, can we get some uh, idea of um, uh, the, the scope of the team there? Yeah, yeah, we have a uh, we have twenty one people on our team. Uh, we have uh, people in uh, Poland. We have people in Australia uh, near you, Pete, and uh, we also have our team in in, in Norway. Um, uh, I hope it did I cut out there or sorry, uh, cut no, out. You're good, but uh, yeah. Uh, so Norway, Poland, uh, and uh, and Australia, and uh, we also have a dev team. Uh, we're also looking to hire a dev team, uh, a third-party dev team out of, uh, I think they're out of Nepal. We haven't really uh, decided yet not, but we are. Uh, I mean, the burn rate is kind of large, uh, but uh, we had the funding for it. We have grants from Innovation Norway, which is um, government-funded, and we have also the fundraise that we did in, in 2021. Uh, so we have a little burn rate to go through. We also have you know, like our our founders are committed, so uh, you know it, startups always need continued kind of capital to continue to kind of develop. Um, but we have we're kind of in a lucky situation where we're able to kind of also uh, put our own funds in. We've already spent a lot of time and effort onto it, uh, so we we don't plan on going anywhere. So we've already invested money into the pro- project before, and we think we will continue to do it uh, if if it's required, right? Um, but we will we will be doing another funding round, uh, mostly on the equity side. We haven't done that yet, um, so we will be doing an equity round probably later this year. Okay, brilliant. Twenty one people. That's uh, uh, sounds like a large team to me. Um, uh, but uh, it's it, it's good to know that you do have the burn rate and the the room to move and keep the project going over a long period of time. So. Um, that uh, I think gives people a lot of confidence, especially when you're um, looking at providing the API later this year. That's a tangible product that people can start uh, playing around with as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. So we, we plan on having the pilots onboarded next year. So uh, we already have a few pilots that are working with us. So uh, we should have instant revenue once we launch. Amazing, absolutely amazing. Okay. Now, if anyone else does have some questions for Navjit here, um, please uh, raise your hand and uh, I'll pull you up on stage so you can ask ask away. It's uh, always good to have this live interaction and actually have 
uh, founders here um, talking uh, with us so we can learn more about the projects and get a hands-on and a direct contact as well, which is uh, always absolutely amazing. Yeah, I mean, so, uh, people, guys, if you guys don't be shy, ask questions, I'll be happy to answer the questions the best I can. Um, if you guys have any uh, feedback, that's also great. Like, it doesn't have to be a question, anything that we would, you guys looking forward to, any anything that uh, we could improve on, that'd be also helpful. We did have a couple of um, questions, uh, smaller questions um, in the comments here as well. One of them here is about um, the transfers from uh, the invoicing app and uh, why only 30 available? Um, that's just right now how uh, UTXO model allows right now in terms of without crashing. Um, so we are going to make it continuous uh, after. So right now, only the, in the pre-pod version, we're only allowing 30. Uh, to, afterwards, what we're going to be doing is uh, we're going to be allowing much more, but it would require multiple signatures um, because also the UTXO model, it also uh, involves size. Uh, of, of of the transaction as well, so it, it could vary as well. So thirty is kind of the a number that we were comfortable with in the beginning, but it will expand later on. Okay, yeah. Please don't crash anything. It's <laughs> it's, it's good to know. <laughs> All right. Now, there's um, are there any visual demos yet so people can um, uh, see what things might look like in the future or uh, any uh, user interfaces or anything that's been uh, designed? Uh, for the invoicing app? Uh, for, for anything that you guys are building at the moment. Yeah, I mean, for, for the invoicing app, we're, we're actually working on... Uh, we have the interface ready. Uh, it's just building out the functionalities for that. Um, mm. And uh, right now we're kind of basing it on kind of a multi-sender app, uh, so something easy to use that's already available. So you guys can uh, go to iagon.com and, and click on Get Started. And once you sign in with your uh, Cardano native wallet, you can basically um, uh, see uh, the invoicing app there, the multi-sender app it's called um, right now. Uh, that's the only feature that's available. Uh, so you can actually go there and, and send uh, tokens on prepod uh, right now. Uh, we'll, we'll make it much more cleaner. Right now, it's just based off uh, generic multi-sender uh, design, which is available on most blockchains out, out there. Uh, but we, after we're going to be building out the invoicing uh, design, it's more based on a traditional design as well. So that's that's finalized. It's just we're building out the functionality right now. All right, brilliant. Now, I've got a couple of more questions here from the community as well. And um, this one is around that uh, single utility asset staking. Now, they're asking, what might that look like? Yeah, so single asset staking, uh, it's part of the shared economy that we're talking about. Uh, so you are earning uh, fees from the protocol uh, while you're staking IG. So basically, if you stake IG, depending on the proportion that you stake, uh, you can earn uh, the revenue or the, the fees from the protocol. So the revenues and the fees that we're earning from the protocol are from the subscription manager. Uh, people are paying for the services, uh, for example, for the storage and different other features that are available on Iagon. Right, it all comes back to that, uh, that stuff. 
Now, th this question here, I, I don't understand how it all relates, but they're asking, where is Logan the lobster? Is, is there some sort of relationship with this and Igon? Yeah, I mean, uh, Logan the lobster. Uh, so we actually did a challenge back in, I think it was uh, 2021, actually, yes. Uh, uh, actually, uh, Charles put out a challenge out there, and uh, he basically challenged the community to create a proof of burn. He yeah. was doing it jokingly, like a kind of a... As a joke, uh, but we took it on. We took on the challenge, and uh, we wanted to basically because uh, we were early, and we wanted to test out Plutus smart contracts, and we wanted to make sure you know uh, uh, we, we wanted to show the community that what the Plutus smart contracts was capable of, and we provided uh, a proof of burn kind of uh, mechanism, and 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 we showcased that, and uh, we we never got recognition from it from Charles, so Charles promised. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> actually uh, uh logan nft the, the lobster nft the, the lobster that sits on his mic when yep, he speaks yep. uh so he uh he promised the nft of that to to someone who creates that but we never we never got it yet so we're calling him out for it and now <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah all right okay so he didn't uh, deliver on his promises okay all right well, no, well no. i'm sure the community can pull him up on that and uh, get get those logan um nfts out i'm sure someone can design it up and, and get it pushed out but uh yeah credit is due credit is due definitely that's hilarious i had no idea that you guys <laughs> actually went down that path i do remember that um that challenge but um yeah <laughs> it was uh too much for me to um, to look into yeah <laughs> yeah i now, mean it was very early in, in the game yeah. very very early when plutus smart contract was uh uh, you know, we were just vending into uh, the Cardano space then, right? So, yeah, uh, we wanted to show what the capability and our capability as well. So, we decided to do that challenge. Now, speaking of uh, smart contracts and whatnot, um, how is your platform built? Like, uh, I, I know uh, it sounds like uh, you, you guys have written your smart contracts, etc., in Plutus um, since you were there from the early days, but a lot of Developers at the moment are moving over to programming languages like Aiken or Helios or PluTS and uh, playing around with these uh, domain-specific languages. Um, how is your approach in regards to building Igon and um, uh, developing the smart contracts and everything else around it? Uh, so, so we're we're looking to use Plutus, and the thing is that um, it it is difficult for for people that are coming into the space and the Cardano space. Uh, to build on top of uh, you know completely without any references, right? Um, so this was brand new space, and you know developers. Some developers are having a difficult time and trying to make it easy. Uh, I know that uh, there are certain projects are trying to make it easier for other projects to you know develop on Cardano, like uh, Genius Shield. Marvin's doing a great job at that. Uh, we're trying to do something similar uh, in terms to make it easier for other projects to kind of. Um, uh, come on and onto Cardano and develop on Cardano. So uh, that's one of the multi um, uh, multi sig wallets that we're kind of working on, where you're kind of easily able to create a a multi sig contract um, and uh, sign on on different uh, devices and approve. So this is we're using Plutus and we're working with our developers. They're I think very capable. Uh, so we're not using any other kind of languages right now uh, in terms of smart contracts. Uh, we're just trying to build on the core language itself. 
Very cool indeed. Yeah, it's uh, um, uh, quite a, a steep learning curve for a lot of people, like you said. But um, uh, being able to have some of those uh, builders in the ecosystem um, um, do that and provide the tools and uh, whatever you build out of it would be absolutely amazing. So it's, it's good that you guys are taking that approach too. Yeah, I mean, everyone's building building new, right, in the space, yeah. and all the developers are building new. So I think that everything that it's it, there's not so much uh, to reference from uh, for developers. So it it takes longer, um, but uh, it, I think we'll get there. Yeah, you can definitely see the space uh, warming up right now with a lot of uh, projects on testnet and and uh, about to launch. Uh, so there's just more and more projects I'm launching, and I'm, I'm getting a lot of. Uh, um, interview requests for projects that have been building in stealth and coming out of nowhere and uh, saying, oh, yeah, we've been building this for the last year now and uh, about to launch, which is, which is absolutely amazing. It's, it's, uh, it's really good to see all that happening. Uh, there's a lot of activity on Cardano lately. Yeah, for sure. Now, I do want to invite anyone that has a question for Navjit here to uh, raise a hand if they want to learn a little bit more about Igon. We've gone through quite a bit here about the roadmap and everything that's been going on in the ecosystem there. Uh, but, you know, if you have anything specific that you'd like to ask, please feel free to jump on the space here and ask away as well. Now, you can find all the information uh, on this. I will post this up on uh, on Spotify. So if you want to catch up and learn a little bit more about uh, the platform, uh, you can listen back to the uh, interview if you missed anything and uh, get filled in on everything. But you can also check out the website at iagon.com where you can find out all the uh, uh, social channels and uh, join the community there as well. And we do have someone just requesting access here. So just give me one second. Now, King, you're up. You're on the stage. Yeah, Please appreciate ask it. away. Thanks for having me. Uh, quick question. Uh, once everything is launched as far as the cloud storage, have you guys had any interest from, like, you know, governments or any, like, you know, large companies asking to, like, you know, be a part of that? Uh, yeah, we have uh, a pilot project uh, that uh, is working in, uh, with the government, not us directly, but uh, the pro pilot project that we're working with is working with the government directly. Um, so that's based on the uh, GDPR tracking uh, software that we're working on that's um, uh, planned for next year. Uh, so basically that will allow ent uh, enterprises basically to track compliance of files in a live setting. Uh, that will also allow government, for example, for tracking of GDPR compliance for, SM for SME enterprises as well. Uh, what about any depths inside the actual Cardano community? Are they like you know interested in what you guys are doing? Has anybody reached out? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we have been very careful uh, to what we've been portraying for for DApps as well. Uh, I, we we're building very carefully as well, so we wouldn't want to like promise over promise. Uh, we want to basically under promise and over deliver. Uh, and uh, first we want to get that out there and then we'll start targeting the dApps as well. But there has been generic organic interest from apps, dApps that were already kind of contacted us and asking us where we're at. Um, and we just, we, we feel comfortable once, you know, the security audit is done and once the, the architectural audit is done uh, and, and everything is clean from there, then we we're comfortable on uh, adopting other projects because we want it to be successful. We don't want any hindrance in, 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 in between, right? 
makes sense. Just out of uh, curiosity, who who would you say your main competitors are in this space? So I can name a few off the top of my head, but for those that aren't aware, um, who are you competing against at the moment? Uh, so so uh, we're in a unique spot, but in terms of storage, what we're concentrating on now uh, is uh, the competitors are, for example, Filecoin, Arweave, uh, storage, um, storage with a J, right? Um, and uh, there's a few others as well. On the compute side, which will be the decentralized compute, we were looking at uh, Render, um, ALF, um, there are uh, quite others as well. Um, yeah, so you're, you're looking at a combination of uh, storage and compute. Yeah, you've got quite a lot of competition out there uh, to uh, try and get some of the market share, uh, especially. So it's um, it's going to be an interesting space um, how that all works. Yeah, that definitely. I mean, there's going to be down to be uh, you know one or not just one successful, a few successful projects in the space, and that's why we kind of went with the, the patent earlier on is because we wanted, we knew that there was already a lot of ideas and similarities between a lot of other projects. Uh, so we wanted to make sure that ours stood out uh, in some way. Uh, we Eventually, we'll make it open source once its adoption uh, is there. Um, but first, we want to make uh, make sure that the, we can build kind of at our own pace uh, to make sure that uh, we develop in the right direction and uh, deliver a great product. Very cool. Um, is, is that pattern uh, global? Uh, it's global in a sense that we filed it in many, many countries. Yeah. So we yeah. filed it through Vipo. Uh, uh, we filed it through EU. Uh, and also we filed it through the US. All the bigger industries, if you look at you know Japan, uh, South Korea, um, even, even in Dubai. Uh, so we filed it in many different countries that have uh, these larger industries. Uh, so, so a large target market, basically. Okay. All right. Cool. Now we do have another speaker that just came up on stage, and this is Ada Shrimp. Um, you have the speaker. You have the stage. Hello. Hello to everybody. I hope everybody hear me well. Um, I have a question about use of the token. Is it only for staking? Only for, like, example, yielding to multiple, uh, or it will be, for example, to customers to um, have a possibility to uh, send or um, take some uh, files on the storage, uh, decentralized, uh, to, for example, some subscription uh, simple. Uh, if he will stake, for example, for 500 EAC, uh, how will be more uh, some kind of value to the token, on not only the staking or yielding? Uh, it's my first question. Um, and second, about the uh, um, rewards, is it going to be paid only in Eigen or would be some kind of uh, mix it with uh, some crypto stable or something? Um, so this is the second. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for your questions. I mean, uh, for, for, the, for the IG, the utility is uh, one is staking for his shared revenue model. And the other is obviously rewarding uh, research providers. The, that kind of answers your second question a little bit as well. So rewarding uh, research providers with IG tokens. Uh, IG, uh, research providers will have to stake a certain amount of IG, which is still to be determined uh, to provide the resources. Um, and uh, they will 
they will also be rewarded in, in stables uh, according to the, the shared revenue model that we were talking about earlier. So uh, you can get stables and IG tokens. Uh, some of the provisions or the in, uh, commission that IGON will be taking will be used to buy back more IG tokens, meaning that will be recurring, recurring rewards so that we don't run out of rewards for the resource providers. Thank you very much. No worries. Happy to answer other questions if anyone else has. No, I don't think anyone else is coming up at the moment. I did just check the uh, comments as well on this uh, Twitter stream, and I don't think there's um, any other questions. Let me just have a quick check. I don't want anyone to miss out. Um, I, but I think we have covered everything there. Yeah, so just to uh, emphasize the liquidity uh, reward program again, guys, I just want to make sure we, we are clear on that. So that will be incentivizing users uh, that provide uh, a larger amount of stake also will incentivize people that are staking for a longer period of time and uh, people that decide to delegate to the LSPO, uh, which is the liquidity stake pool offering that we'll have. So the more you do, the more loyalty bonuses you earn, more uh, rewards you will gain. And again, different from other projects where they have linear rewards, uh, ours is curve-based, and will be distributed over a certain time. Uh, so we don't want uh, to. We don't want dumping on the market on current current investors. So we want to make gradual rewards and make it uh, incentivizing for everyone involved. I really do much prefer that approach. Um, is there a blog post that uh, talks about all this as well? Uh, yeah, we will be releasing a blog post soon uh, because the, uh, the liquidity, pro uh, liquidity program is uh, launching on April 21st. We'll be releasing something and updates probably next week. Uh, so stay tuned for that and we'll release more information there. But there is a Twitter post uh, briefly explaining uh, how this works, how this mechanism works. I can reference it later in the, in, in the, in the combo here. Yeah, okay. I'll uh, make sure I'll grab those links and uh, anyone that is listening to this at a later date can find the, that, all that information. If they're interested in staking for those rewards as well, they can. They can find the, uh, the stake pool ticker, et cetera, and uh, get um, behind the project and uh, earn some of those rewards, especially for those long-term stakers, those people that just want to delegate um, their, their wallets or uh, their, their liquidity and just uh, come back in a few months' time and and uh, earn their rewards that way. A lot of people are like that. It's uh, a set and forget kind of thing. So it's uh, it's easier for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I just sent it right now to you so you can have a look at it. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. It's Fantastic. Yeah. All right. Now, if there's no more questions, we might just start wrapping up this space. So this is your final chance, anyone, if uh, you want to ask a question, to please raise your hand and I'll pull you up on stage. Don't be shy, guys. <laughs> All right. I think it is a little quiet, so we may start uh, wrapping up the space now. Like like I said, this will be it is it is recorded. It will be uh, edited in post production, and you can listen to it on Spotify 
um, or anywhere else that you listen to your favorite podcast, you'll be able to uh, download it and listen to it there. Um, I'll put all the show notes and everything and all the references uh, that we've talked about as well um, on our website at learnkandano.io. And of course, you can always go to the Igon website at igon.com to find out more information about the project, engage the community there and learn more about the project. So, Navjit, welcome uh, welcome back, and thank you so much for joining me on this uh, live Twitter Spaces. It's been a pleasure to have you here. Thanks, Pete, for all your time and uh, all your work, effort. Uh, thanks again, guys, for listening in. And thank you for everyone, yes, for joining on the Twitter Space, and uh, we'll see you next time. Take care.